Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, man, this is sad news to start the show with, David. Yeah, uh, we had heard that there was a Fox News camera crew, a reporter and a cameraman who had been uh, or had taken fire in Ukraine. Uh, And sadly, it was announced on Fox News this morning by Bill Hemmer that the cameraman, Pierre Zakshevsky, has passed away from the injuries he sustained. And we've got some very difficult news to share with you now. Fox News cameraman Pierre Shashevsky has died in Ukraine. Uh, he was working with our Benjamin Hall when incoming fire hit their vehicle outside of Kiev. The picture you see right here uh, was taken just a short time ago with Steve Harrigan and others in the capital city. Uh, Pierre Zakshevsky was an absolute legend at this network, and his loss is devastating. He has been with us for years, covering wars in Iraq and Afghanistan and Syria. Our CEO, Suzanne Scott, noted a few moments ago that Pierre jumped in to help out with all sorts of roles in the field, photographer and engineer and editor and producer, and he did it all under immense pressure and with tremendous skill. Wow. Very sad. I mean, you don't know what to say. No. I can say, well, that makes it real. And, of course, for people in Ukraine, it's been real for quite a while. We all know that. But, man, we were just talking yesterday about going in the field. And you, David, as an old news guy, would you want an assignment like that? Because a lot of people, when they get into the business, that's what they're thinking of. Not all, but a lot do. But it's also obviously real. And you're in harm's way. And not the only... um, either camera person or journalist that's died there over the last couple of weeks. Wow. I just always am curious about what the end game is for these guys. Meaning um, I mean, to have safe haven to get out because there's still a ton of U.S. journalists there. Yeah, usually there's a mechanism to get out. Yeah. But when you're in the actual city, city or itself. in an area yeah. you know, that's under attack, yeah, Jeez. it can absolutely happen. So sad. More on that a little bit later. Um, Going to the White House now, David, talking about the cost of everything right now with inflation. Yeah. And we're taking steps to lower gas prices. Yeah, we may be getting a little bit bit of relief at the pump as oil prices have gone down. But who knows how long that's going to last, what the impact is going to be. And the odds are that prices are going to stay high and perhaps go even higher than they already have been. Now, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked, how high do you think it'll go? Now, in fairness, I don't think she can answer that. It's basically like, well, as as high as we need to make them, so everybody buys an electric vehicle, apparently. But here, here's what she said. She says, we're working on it, okay? We're working on it. 
We don't have, I don't have a prediction from here in terms of what it could look like. There are outside predictors, of course, and obviously what we're trying to do is mitigate the impact. Um, you know, and you've seen, of course, um, you know, the, the price of oil go down a little bit, um, and the president will continue to look at a range of steps that he can take, whether it is engaging uh, through his team or through even himself personally with uh, big global sub producers, uh, or it is looking at a range of domestic options um but range of options steps it's always a range has that taken the place of tools in the tool belt or toolbox or pulling every lever well i think they try to cycle in and out the Got sort it. of middle management speak from time to time you know you don't want to throw the same starter out there every game all right right Makes you get sense. your middle relievers and they're at that right. point now Shuffle it up a little. Okay. But we've seen it go up. I mean, we look at a lot of the same data you look at, AAA and other data, uh, that it shows us how much uh, it has gone up since the period of time when uh, Russian troops lined up on the border. But in terms of how far, uh, you know, we still believe it will continue to go up. They're going to stick to that story, aren't they? Sure they are. There's absolutely. This is Putin's fault. Yes. Man. Well, in a lot of ways, you hate to say this. But parties do it all the time. They take a war to use it to their advantage. Gosh, dang. And with the White House, it's trying to take, you know, attention away from every failing policy they have, which is pretty much all of their policies. And so, yes, that's where a lot of the blame is going to go. Now, as far as whether or not to suspend the federal gas tax, there's a big divide in the Democratic Party, David. Yeah, th- this should be one of those no-brainers. If you're looking at a range of options and tools in the toolbox and whatnot, get rid of the national gas tax for, for six months. I don't know. Suspend it temporarily. And right now, because Washington is such a cynical place, uh, you've got two Democrats who are in competitive reelection races, Mark Kelly, uh, Maggie Hassan of Arizona and New Hampshire, respectively. These Democrats want to suspend the federal gas tax of 18.5 cents per gallon until next January, just in time, <laughs> you know, to have the election cycle be right. over. Sure. Right? So, but, but again, this is good policy, I think. Right now, if you're talking about we're all in this together and we all need to make sacrifices, the federal government can make a freaking sacrifice or two. Well, yeah, I mean, think about the money we've spent over the last few years. Right. Yeah, probably but, take that hit. Of course, the people who are in very safe seats are saying, we can't do that because roads and bridges. <laughs> no. Again, if we're all in this together and we all have to make <laughs> sacrifices because that's the price of democracy in Ukraine, <laughs> then right. how about the federal government take a kick? Well, let's let's call it two weeks. Two weeks to slow the spread. Okay. <laughs> yeah, nobody drive. <laughs> it's very frustrating all the way around. And I do get the feeling going into this show today, there is a frustration level, not just with the people on the show, but just people you talk to, everyday Americans right now with everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, and you wonder, when is this going to end with Russia, Ukraine? Some people say it's going to last years. Other people are thinking because the financial screws are getting put to Putin so badly right now, he's going to have to do something. And what's, you know, China's reaction going to be? Are they going to bail him out? Or are they going to leave him out? You know, they're going to hang him out to dry. We don't know. 
But if you're to believe the reports, Putin is very frustrated mm-hmm. with the way this has gone so far. I don't know if you happen to see this report. Daily Wire had it. A lot of places had it that he has cracked down on some of his top intelligence officials and military officials over their failures. Um, it, and if you go with just the old Russian stereotypes, you wouldn't want to be one of these people right now. Uh, no. Um, authorities have arrested Sergei Beseda, heads of the Foreign Intelligence Division of the FSB, which is, you know, pretty much the successor to the KGB. And then that guy's deputy was also arrested, um, and a soldier, because Putin is very unhappy. So the beatings will commence. It's like the George Steinbrenner of dictators. Well, <laughs> just keep firing people. <laughs> well, I mean, this well, is... I, you wish you would be fired. Yeah. Being fired would be easy. It, these people don't get fired. It's much worse than that. Yeah, they get removed into if something else. Yeah. If you are to believe what happens... Wow. Well, that, that's the thing. I mean, Russia is basically, what if the mafia were a country? Yes. And and Putin is the Don right now. The question is, how far can he push before people within his own ranks really start to push back? You do wonder that. you know, Especially with the oligarchs that supposedly are also fed up yeah. losing their money. So that could be in play. You, you don't know. And you don't know what is misinformation. No, you don't have any idea. As David has pointed out many times. You know, you heard the story that McDonald's was closing down in Russia. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard this story. Um, this, well, as they say in the story, robust Russian man who weighs right around 500 pounds was detained by Russian authorities. This was on Sunday. Why? Well, he handcuffed himself to the entrance of a McDonald's that was closing down. Oh, <laughs> no! Because they said, you know, McDonald's, we're going to close down all locations temporarily to show solidarity with Ukraine. And they're having some supply chain issues as well. Um, Anyway, the guy that chained himself to the McDonald's, he's actually pro-Russia. He was just very unhappy with McDonald's that they would be closing down. I suppose if he was in America, he could identify as anorexic. Right? That's what one person recently oh, did. Yeah. There, it was in the news. The plus-size model who was on the Tamron Hall show talking about how she was anorexic. I mean, she's a, she's a rather large lady. Yes. But in the modern world now, you have to respect that she feels anorexic, so you have to identify her as that, even though she weighs over 400 pounds. Yes. And eats like crazy every day. Because that's her truth. She keeps suspending reality, don't we? Where are we? It's a vague, vague concept. Yes. Oh, my gosh, is that insane? There's a lot to get to today. Um, Some people are calling for the arrest of Tucker Carlson and Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, gosh. Got to get to that. And Jesse Smollett's family is worried. We'll get to that as well. Straight ahead. Right. 
the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so Tucker Carlson and Tulsi Gabbard need to be arrested? Yeah, according to the ladies on The View, they seem to think that Tucker Carlson and former Representative Tulsi Gabbard are enemies of the state because they're talking about bioweapons labs that our own State Department and Pentagon say exist in Ukraine. Okay. Well, it's The View. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I mean, very good some summation of, of this. All right, yes. next up then. There, there, there is that. that. I mean, yeah, there is that, yeah. I mean, it's like the enemy of every smart woman in America, the view. <laughs> like, you make us all look like idiots. Just stop talking. Oh, boy. So do they lay this out? Is that the deal? Yeah, here's Whoopi Goldberg. Okay, roll it. Oh, and look, I, I, but I think that's an incredibly relevant question. Yeah. And I think DOJ, in the same way that it is uh, setting up what? a task force to investigate oligarchs, should look into people who are Russian propagandists and shilling for Putin. That's being, if you are a foreign asset uh, to a dictator, mm-hmm. it should be investigated. In fact, I remember when Tulsi Gabbard, mm-hmm. and I even hate that we're discussing it because I think to myself, who is this woman? She- who is this woman? That, that is uh, Anna Navarro. Anna Navarro. Sorry, Whoopi yeah. Goldberg comes up later. And who is she? She served the country. Yeah, who are you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. She was a senator. Yeah. Representative. Representative. Rep, sorry. And who is she? Uh, who are you? Anna she Navarro. was a political strategist. Yes. Okay. Honestly, she's just jealous because Tulsi Gabbard's way hotter. That goes without saying. Wow. But then you have Whoopi that comes in. They used to arrest people for doing stuff like this. If they thought you were uh, colluding with a Russian agent, if they thought you were putting out information or taking information and handing over to Russia, they used to actually investigate stuff like this. And I guess now, you know, there seems to be no bars. And people are not being told to hate Putin. Putin doesn't need a reason to be hated. It's pretty much clear. He started a war. He started a war. An unnecessary war. But this is kind of like, isn't this contributing to the death? All right, context here. Uh. They're saying that they should be arrested for peddling Russian disinformation, right? For talking about bioweapons in Ukraine. This was after Victoria Nuland. Last week was asked by Marco Rubio, if you remember this piece of audio. Does Ukraine have chemical or biological weapons? Uh, Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. Okay, so isn't that what Tucker Carlson and Tulsi Gabbard were saying? Not that they have bioweapons, they have these facilities Mm -hmm. that we help fund, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what they were talking about. Turns out not a lot of people knew about this. And so for that and talking about it, that was Russian disinformation. Am I missing something there? No. No, you're not missing a thing. So you just can't talk about it or say that it's a concern or we should know more about it. Because then you're 
parroting Russian talking yeah. points. Okay, remember the Hunter Biden laptop? When Hunter was asked, could that have been your laptop? Yeah, it could have been. Absolutely. And we all know that it was his laptop. That is true. But when they first brought it up, do you remember? Oh, that's Russian disinformation, blah, 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 blah. These unverified emails are part of that bigger Russian disinformation effort. An ongoing Russian disinformation effort. A Russian intelligence operation. Clearly discredited material. Connected to an ongoing Russian disinformation effort. Yeah. And what I think Vladimir Putin wants is he wants polarization. And you have the president of the United States cooperating in that. Listen to all these backbenchers who are wrong. Yeah. And so now a legit question gets asked. And uh, Russian disinformation, it's like these people didn't learn anything. I don't understand oh, it. No, they don't, they don't learn anything because they're never held accountable to anything. And I'm not saying they should be fired, not saying that they should be certainly not jailed. I mean, golly. That's or even shouldn't be listened or to. Or even ever. censored. Yeah, say whatever you want. Well, I mean, if you're a credible news organization and that person that is working for your organization came up with, oh, this is Russian disinformation, you're that wrong, you should be fired. You should be gone. You just blew the credibility of the whole organization. Yeah, when some dinner theater comedian says it, then I am pretty much don't care anyway. Jeez. Okay. Joy Behar, welcome to the Catskills. <laughs> the view. Try the fried fish. I'll just say, man, the jealousy and hatred festering in these dumpy old liberal women is something um. that should be weaponized in one of those labs in Ukraine. Oh, there's a lot of hate there. <laughs> Synthesize oh that and deploy it. <laughs> Whoo, buddy. Oh, did you hear that Jussie Smollett's uh, family is worried that he's going to get beaten up in jail? Oh, I, I I, I, agree. I think there, there is a legitimate concern. He's sharing a cell with his attacker. Himself? Yes. yes. That is true. Was that part of that whole play when he just kept saying, I'm not suicidal? Yeah. That whole thing. I respect you, Your Honor. I respect your decision. Jail time. I am not suicidal. Okay. All right. Well, you know, they're getting all kinds of hateful messages, Jesse's family, including a disturbing voicemail they released where an unknown caller says he hopes Jesse is molested with a broom handle. Oh, my. Whoa. That's really taking it to the extreme. It is. And that's, mm. that's terrible that that happens. Um, you're a celebrity that faked a hate crime and tried to start a race war. You don't think hateful messages comes with that? Are you trying to get some sort of sympathy now? Really? Okay. Give me a break with that. Yeah, there might be a tad bit of anger on the show today. I think so. Bad enough. Um, and by the way, Mayor Pete is going to talk to us about gas prices. you got to hear this next. Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, I'm the Gen Xer, the Millennial. That's David Van Camp and the Sexy Boomer. That's mm. Scott Robbins. Yes, sir. You know, gas prices are not under the control of one political figure. And to give us a lesson there, Transportation Secretary, the fighter of racist roads, Pete Buttigieg. Yes, exactly. 
<laughs> Sounds like a, <laughs> a, what? a movie starring Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to give him his due. The Battle of the Racist Roads. Road starring Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> Overpass versus Highway. <laughs> Taken from the Pete Boot Edge. edge, edge. So anyway, Novel of the same name. So anyway, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg was asked about gas prices on CNBC, and he says, you know, that's not the only thing we need to worry about. Well, of course not. Well, it continues to be important to keep options open. As you know, the president has yeah. taken a lot of steps to bring relief and to help stabilize oil prices, including that big release from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Oh, I'm sorry. It's probably my ADD thing. Uh, what are those steps again? Uh, aside from, what, releasing three days' worth of oil? Dude, you got me. Hmm. Multiple steps. Multiple. More than one. Okay. Of course, the long-term solution for this is energy independence and a shift to renewable energy uh, here in well, this country. Um, you had it. You had it right before you kept talking. So you had it where energy independence and a shift. Yeah. Energy independence. You could have stopped right there. But anyway, go ahead, green man. To renewable energy uh, here in this country. Uh, but let's also remember that while oil prices and, and gas prices are famously something that is largely outside of the direct control of any political figure, there are a lot of things that we could be doing right now that would bring direct relief to the pocketbooks of American families uh -huh. uh, that are greater than most any family's gasoline bill. That includes lowering the cost of insulin. President's for it. We're getting a lot of pushback oh. from or oh. on it, uh, lowering the cost of child care. Uh, you're the transportation guy. Can you stay in your lane? Yeah. Or is that somehow homophobic if I say that? No, if you say stay in your lane, it means you support racist roads. Because lanes are racist. Okay. All right. I don't know if you knew that. So if we could just save people money in other ways. They could spend it all on gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's the argument. That's, that is the argument. But I, I am kind of confused, though, because they say... The price of gas is what not not determined by one political figure, but the Biden administration is saying it's all Putin's fault. Correct. So, which is it? Well, it's the war. It wasn't decisions that this, got us out of energy independence. This is what you have. This is what you get when you have a whole lot of legitimately stupid people trying to gaslight the nation. Yeah. Dude, remember why Pete was picked to be in this position? Well, because he made a deal <laughs> to take himself out of the election in 2020. Besides that, remember, he loved trains as a kid. Dude, that, that whole thing was incredible. But not only that, man, it, as a mayor... He had to deal with problems when it came to transportation? Yeah. I faced a constant battle with that natural enemy of all mayors, the pothole. So he has experience there dealing with potholes? <laughs> what could better equip you to be transportation? I can't even say it without laughing. It goes back to Biden liking trains all over again, doesn't it? <laughs> Gosh dang. You know what it's really about? Do you remember when he laid out the top priorities? For the transportation secretary and what they were for him when he got to after safety, there were four things. I'll just play three and four for you because it tells you all you need to know. It is on equity in the knowledge that we can either do harm or do enormous good in terms of who gets the opportunities we create and where they go. Mm. It is about climate, recognizing that every oh. transportation decision 
is a climate decision, whether we acknowledge that or not. It tells you everything. Yep. They're going to try to do what's best for the American people right now. Come on. It goes back to the same talking points. Remember, he was asked, okay, uh, hey, dude, what about drilling instead or dealing with Iran? What are we doing? Couldn't we just drill? Couldn't we get back to producing our own? I mean, uh, look, the, the president has said that all options are on the table. Except but that we one. also need to make sure that uh, uh, we're not galloping after permanent solutions to immediate short-term problems where uh, more strategic and tactical actions in the short term can make a difference. What are the actions? How about instead of galloping, we just saunter? I, I'd be You know fine. what the actions are? He answered the question. Yeah. Lowering medical costs. Medical costs. Okay. Lowering the cost of child care. That's part of our levers. <laughs> what a joke this is. Golly. I don't know how the fight against racist roads and the deconstruction of those is going. I, I didn't have time to look that up. My bad on that. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, San Antonio School segregated children and did what? In a lesson, David? Oh, they showed him graphic autopsy photos. Uh, now, th- this is, Whoa. you know, I, 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 I've been sitting on this story for a little while just because uh, you've had all these fights over curriculum transparency going on. Like in Florida, it's the don't say gay anti-grooming bill. Right. And, and and you hear all the time, like with that one, no one's teaching kindergartners about sex and about gender identity politics and whatnot. Nobody's doing that. Except so you they should are. have no problem with right. the bill. And the same thing can be said and has been said about critical race theory. They say, oh, it's some obscure law school thing. Okay, that, that's all it is. When everybody knows damn well exactly what you're talking about when somebody says, hey, I'm not a fan of this critical race theory stuff. Right. Talking about anti-racist training, whatever you want to call it. It's poisonous to kids' minds. This is an elementary school in San Antonio. They did a a segregation lesson showing graphic autopsy photos to fifth graders as part of a lesson about racism. Oh, my gosh. News 4SA reports it happened at Leon Springs Elementary School in January. Here's what the school did. They separated kids by hair color. Dark-haired kids were treated as privileged. Blondes and redheads were discriminated against. So teachers told students uh, in the fair-haired group uh, were not as intelligent. Those are the stupid kids. That group purposely was given a game with pieces missing so they could not play. And later they were made to clean up after the other children. They were also shown a Spike Lee documentary called Four Little Girls about the 1963 bombing of a church in Alabama. And that film includes graphic autopsy reports of the girls' bodies. You're talking about elementary school kids. My goodness, man. Imagine now, your kid in that school, how ticked off you would be. The teacher says, well, I fast-forwarded those parts, or through those parts. But the children, they saw the photos. They're not, sure. they're not dumb. Uh, you know, They can see the TV while you're fast-forwarding. Northside ISD did not want to do an interview with News 4 San Antonio, but they said the activity and video in question were part of a larger fifth-grade project-based uh, lesson around the inequity of segregation. While the campus did receive positive feedback from several parents, district and campus administration recognize the parents' concerns and agree that the activity and video are not age-appropriate and will not be used again. 
And one family was saying, look, this is about the transparency. They brought up a great point. They send us notes and newsletters about everything else. Your child's going to see the Polar Express or it's pajama day on Friday before winter break. Right. That's we a get, great point. We get no notice that they're going to do a social experiment on our kids? Nope. Just they know what would happen if you did that ahead of time. It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. Nope. No, oh, man. It's going on all over the place. Easier to get to their, uh, their apology, right? Later, after the fact. We're sorry. We didn't mean to. It's about indoctrination. But they get one past the goalie and, yeah. It's basically about government feeling like we have a right to your kids. You as a parent do not. We have the rights to exactly what they learn. That's right. And how to shape their minds. It's freaking evil, man. It's a spiritual battle all the way around. I know that sounds like a kook talking. I'm telling you, man, that's my honest feeling. You see it in all parts of the United States. And there is a darkness, unlike I think a lot of us have seen in our lifetime. It And it's brutal. And you got to fight against it. Oh, And love, of course, Scott, the way you would do it. The way I would love? <laughs> I was joking when I said in love, okay. the way you would do it. Yeah. Knock it off! The way yeah. you would say it. You're stupid! Yeah, it's it's freaking crazy. No, it is. Um... By the way, don't know if you saw this story. J.P. Morgan has decided to end their ban on hiring unvaccinated people. Hmm. You don't say. It's one after another after another. This was in a memo to employees um, across the United States as we continue to see cases decline, restrictions lifted, and more flexibility with daily activities. We are learning to live with COVID as part of our new normal. God, jeez. New York City employees must continue to meet vaccination requirements unless the city lifts its order, it said. Other people, I mean, we don't have to have that ban on hiring unvaccinated people. The you unwashed know, masses. We can start hiring is again. Is there potential litigation for people who were fired because they didn't get vaccinated and now you're hiring people oh, I think that so. don't have to be Absolutely. vaccinated? I mean, doesn't that open it up yeah. for some sort of civil suit of some kind? Well, and if you're talking about hiring practices, too. Right, exactly. That's a, yes. Yeah. I mean... Now you're saying, oh, by the way, you don't have to be vaccinated, but this guy lost his job. Well, remember, there were a lot of people on the left that felt like, hey, if we can get all these companies to sign on, that's when we're really going to get people to start getting vaccinated. The people that really don't want to, you take away their livelihood, they'll get vaccinated. And enough people stood up and said, nope, not going to do it. Fire me if you have to. And to me, it looks like it's just backfired. They had to reverse the entire thing. I've got lost wages for 18 months or whatever because you let me go because I would get vaccinated. Now you're hiring people who are not vaccinated for the same job. Correct. I want my money back. I want my job and my money back. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, David, you uh, texted something to Scott and I last night, and this is making the rounds. Yeah. (laughs) Saw that. This is pretty funny, and it has to do with emojis. Yeah. uh, Lamar Jackson, NFL quarterback. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, has reacted to Apple introducing 123 new emojis, and there's an entire line of them that includes pregnant men. <laughs> These would be trans men, that, that is women who think they're men who choose to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. But apparently emojis are the thing that needs to happen here because we're all living in the fantasy. Uh, and Lamar Jackson, of all people, tweets that out and says, quote, 
Why the buddy pregnant? <laughs> now, 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 I think what's re- what's really fascinating to you about all of this because of the innocence. Well, the way he tweeted it, well, no, but, but it's true. It's like, what is this? If, you, if right. you've been focused on other things. Right. I mean, like playing. It's the way he worded it. That's <laughs> a high-level quarterback in the NFL. Why the buddy pregnant? Yeah, what's up with that? Why are you doing that? Is this some comedy bit? <laughs> Why the buddy president? Yeah. <laughs> now, Has he faced the backlash yet? <laughs> no, the interesting thing there is that I, you look up his name in news, and maybe it'll pop later. There's nothing about this. I mean, think about the apology tour that Drew Brees had to go on because he said that people should stand for the national anthem. Right. <laughs> and he did too, if, man. If this were, I mean, that guy had to debase himself on national television oh, to try to get back into the good graces of people. Yes. If this guy were, I mean, pick a white quarterback in the NFL and he writes something like that, Oh, that my is goodness. that's on the Today Show. That's you know their panel discussions, all of that. Oh, no doubt about that. Well, <laughs> if you saw the uh, Mississippi governor has uh, signed the critical race theory ban, people freaking out on that. We got that and a whole lot more to get to. It's a wild day. <laughs> Thank you for being here at the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So the Mississippi governor signed the critical race theory ban into law. Um, that's Tate Reeves. And it's interesting because you know, a lot of times this happens. What do opponents say? Well, in Mississippi, they don't want to teach history. They, they, they want to take out all elements of American history. And so he just addressed that. Which I thought was pretty Good. smart um, by saying, um, you know, uh, the people that are for critical race theory are probably going to say we're trying to prevent kids from learning about important historical events like slavery or the civil rights movement. Uh, that's flat out wrong. All elements of Mississippi and all elements of American history, both the good and the bad, should be taught in our schools, period. I'm glad he said that. I would agree with that. Absolutely. It's the way it's been. So you got 10 states now that have passed legislation to crack down on CRT in schools. Mississippi, Idaho, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Arizona, North Dakota. And I don't think that's done. So, you know, we'll see if the narrative stays up with they just don't want to teach history to kids. Right. It's a flat-out lie, because if you really have no argument, you end up lying mm-hmm. and somehow trying to shame. I saw this just an interesting story to me, because Rod Stewart was in the news. Hmm. This is on a lighter note. And the headline was that he helped fix a local road. And I'm like, oh, well, that's nice. Pete Buttigieg, line one. <laughs> <laughs> because You know, Rod Stewart, I don't know him. None of us know him. He's always had that reputation as kind of a jerk. You know, not that yeah. he's not talented and a great performer, no, all of yeah. that, but just, you know, surly, kind of a jerk, you know, that sort of thing. 
And then you read into the story a little bit. So he fixed this local road. You know why? No. Because his Ferrari couldn't drive on it the way well, it was. See, it affected see, him. He needs to be footloose and fancy free, sir. <laughs> That's right. All right? He said, quote, <laughs> this is the road near where I live in Arlo. And it's been like this for ages. The other day there was an ambulance with a burst tire. My Ferrari can't go through here at all. So me and the boys thought we'd come and do it ourselves. This is what we're doing, filling in the holes, while millions and millions of pounds have been spent on the local highway M11. You know how old he is now? 70-something, 76. David? 82. Wow, 82. No, 77. Right. Dude's doing pretty good for 77. Yeah, not bad. How's his 28-year-old girlfriend? <laughs> oh, he dumped her for the 21-year-old. That, here you go. Oh, that's not true right now, is it? I don't know. No, I don't know. <laughs> it just wouldn't surprise right, you. Right, exactly. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, so let me get this straight. It's un-American to do what? Oh, to uh, criticize Joe Biden for gas prices. Says who? Not, it, it, it's not. It, they've moved beyond the talking points Democrats have. It's not just saying that, well, it's really Putin. It's actually, frankly, un-American to talk about this. This is a Democrat from Washington State. You're a bad American if you think Joe Biden bears a little bit of responsibility for gas prices, being the president and all. This is Representative Kim Schreier. She was on the Undivided podcast that's hosted by Brandy Cruz. Uh, used to be on Seattle TV. She does her own thing now. Okay. Uh, does a great job, the Undivided podcast. Uh, and here is the statement from this representative. Right now, in the last two weeks, this is Putin. You should be blaming Putin, if anybody, for this. And to not blame Putin, first of all, is denying reality, and second, frankly, I think is un-American. So um, this is Putin's fault. Okay. Don't question your leadership. It's un-American. <laughs> yeah. I, I, didn't the land Democrats, of free speech. Exactly. Did, didn't Democrats spend four years saying Trump was the fascist and Republicans mm -hmm. and the rise of fascism in America? Okay, when gas prices hit $3.46 before there were any troops... Outside of Ukraine. Were we still supposed to blame Putin then? No, then that was the greed of the oil companies, I think. Yes. Okay. Well, was that when inflation was still temporary? Yes. No. I. Well, Maybe. no. In, no, 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 because they had moved beyond that. Remember, initially it was transitory. Uh, Joe Biden was saying last summer, oh, well, I mean, it's going to go up a little bit, then it's going to come back down. And then it was the greed of big meat. Right. They said right. That it was meat producers who were to blame for inflation. Mm -hmm. And then it was the greed of the oil companies for the increase in the cost of gas and or just the pandemic. Well, they should have gotten the memo by now that the hashtag Putin price hike is not gaining traction. 
No. People are not buying that. They should move on from that. Yeah. Is that why they've got the TikTokers now out to spread the misinformation? Jeez. Dude, this is just creepy, isn't it? It is. It really is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. So, so the White House, <laughs> they bring in a bunch of social media influencers to lie on their behalf about gas prices. And say, oh, this is all Putin's fault and it's working. Uh, here's one of the influencers on TikTok. Usually this young lady does dance moves. But not any longer. Russia is one of the top three producers of oil, and it is actually their number one revenue source. Now, with Putin starting this horrific fight between Ukraine and Russia, nobody wants to work with him and do international trade. So, with people being scared of war and limited resources, prices are bound to go up as well. For the people who can't pay $7 for a gallon of gas, there's an app called Gas Buddy that shows you the cheapest gas near you. So that is one of the tools in the toolkit. Yeah. Follow me for more tips. To help <laughs> save money on gas. We're, That's ridiculous. We're going to send out a bunch of social media influencers to lie on our behalf. There's no question that the war in Ukraine has contributed, and our reaction to it has contributed to the increasing cost of, of energy. Sure. But it was a pre-existing condition. Correct. It was already there. But they're trying to use this for their own advantage to somehow change the narrative. So when people go to the ballot box in November, they'll remember. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, switching to COVID and how we reacted to COVID. I mean, it's something, man, because just on that audio of it's un-American to blame Biden for gas prices, it's xenophobic to say that that virus came out of a lab in Wuhan, China, like they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Why do you call it the China virus? Remember that? Oh, yeah. Sure. Meanwhile, we're banning Russian <laughs> Russian caviar and pouring out all the vodka. Vodka. Unreal. It is very... It, well, it, it, honestly, it's just because Russia doesn't pour enough money into our media apparatus. Absolutely. They don't have the kind of influence that China does. Yeah. It's true. I totally believe that. Now, as far as our reaction to COVID at the time and questioning different things, like, really, should we be keeping kids out of school this long? The, they're at little risk. You're trying to get children killed. Were the shouts from the left. Mm -hmm. And now you have a new study out, David, that says what? Yeah, this was written up in the Washington Post of all places. And wow. this is the kind of stuff that sends me through the ceiling. Because this, this is the kind of stuff that was dangerous misinformation. I don't right. know. Uh, summer of 2020, maybe late spring 2020. When some of us were saying, hey, you got to think about the long-term impacts of this. Mm -hmm. But as the Washington Post writes, uh, while most of the nation kept students at home for most or for part or all of last academic year, these schools in the suburbs of Colorado Springs, like thousands of others in the country, opened with overwhelming majority of students in their seats. Masks were optional in elementary school, although middle and high schoolers began with hybrid learning in November. High school-aged students with significant special education needs were back in person five days a week. However, in the largest school systems, such as those in New York, Los Angeles, D.C., and Chicago, teachers' unions <laughs> and concerned parents fought plans to reopen. Public health officials warned that social distancing would save lives, and schools responded by devising hybrid programs or simply sticking with virtual learning. However, today students are contending with significant learning loss and mental health issues. Yep. So the school districts 
that stayed open and were called, what, what were they called in Georgia? Was it the Atlantic that said it was an experiment in human sacrifice? sacrifice. Yes, right. Generally speaking, those students are doing better right now because no die. You don't, I mean, you don't really, you don't have to be an education expert. Right. You just have to have two brain cells to rub together that to know instinctively that keeping kids outside of a classroom that long, as long as some places did, would hurt them academically. Dude, do you remember late May into June of 2020 mm-hmm. and different teachers were out talking about, hey, listen, uh, this remote learning, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's not working. This is a disaster. I mean, the warning signs were there, but so many states didn't follow it. Oh, well, the, the Academy of American uh, Pediatrics, or whatever that AAP, the, that organization, remember early on during the pandemic, their guidance was you got to do what it takes to get the kids in school, essentially. Yes. Figure out a way to make it happen. They revised that because of political pressure. All of these institutions that were designed to protect the most vulnerable among us utterly failed. And I never want to hear any any little Mm, can't say that word. No. Nope. I never want to hear a liberal in the United States who was pro-school closure ever talk about inequality ever again. Because you know who got screwed over the most? Kids who are already starting life with an O2 count. They did. It's absolutely true. But they're all about the children. No, they're not. What they always talk about. No, of course they're not. They're about the not. money and they hate children. Well, and they want to influence children the way they want they want them with a certain worldview. And that's why you're seeing so many districts try to implement, whether it's the trans stuff or CRT or whatever, and parents got to fight against it. I mean, it's, we could go on and on about this and get back into the CDC. I would just forget it for today. Remember Walensky? Yes, you can reopen with teachers. And all of a sudden the teachers union freaked out, and then she did a 180 in the same yeah. week. It was like two days later. You know, we might have to halt that. It's disgusting what happened. Um, on a much lighter note, um, but I'm going to save this story for a little bit later in the show. Daryl Hall is claiming he was asked to join Van Halen when David Lee Roth left. I've heard this story. <laughs> we'll save that for a little bit later, okay? Because some people are having a hard time believing that, although Daryl Hall says it's true. Van Halen doing a rev-up version of Kiss on my list would have been fun, though. Actually, yeah, that would have been a lot of fun. That would have been fun. How dare you? It's like a mashup. Eddie Van Halen doing any song would be a lot of fun, I think. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I thought of this um, just because, honestly, there are things in this story I didn't know. We all know you got to change your passwords at different times for all of your different apps, your banking, whatever, right? Um, And you can't have the same password in a couple of different places. So, in this story, a cybersecurity firm figured out how secure every type of password is, okay? Any password that's six characters or less, any one, can be cracked instantly now. Instantly. Wow. Six characters is not enough. It doesn't matter what kind of combination. Wow. Okay, did you know that? No. All right. No, I didn't. I didn't think so. If your password is all lowercase letters, anything less than nine letters long, can also be cracked immediately. Um, passwords like that don't get fairly secure if you're going all lowercase until it's 14 letters long. 
and only using numbers is even worse, so don't do that either. And then if you use lower and uppercase letters, it still needs to be 12 characters long to be somewhat secure. Jeez. 10 characters can be cracked in three days. At 11, it's five months. But you get to 12, it would take 24 years to crack. Oh, my goodness. After seeing that, I'm like, I wonder how many people are going to be changing their passwords, even though that is a complete pain in the butt to do. I'm glad one, two, three, four, dude is mine. So that's. <laughs> it probably is. Well, the thing is, the way you do it, Scott, you never have to worry about it. Because you forget anyway. it every time right. and you got to yeah. read. Well, I, I got like 12 of them in my phone. I'm like, which one did I use? <laughs> By the time I get to the seventh one, they're like, you're kicked out. Story you got to hear. Georgia Tech students are protesting and they don't know why. <laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> and much more coming up right here. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennial, David Van Camp, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Joe Biden's going to be traveling to Europe next week for face-to-face talks with European leaders about the Russian invasion of Ukraine. You know what I call that? What's that? True international average of pressure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I That's guess the name of the talks. Vice President Fortune Cookie didn't get the job done, so they're sending President Bystander. Well, they'll send her back. She did a great job. Not today. Well, not today they're going to send her back. But, you know, different people on the left said it's uh, racism and sexism, the reason that people were critical of Kamala Harris laughing about a question about refugees. So Joe is going to go over. Exactly. This is where we are. Going to get it done. Got cackles. And now you've got sleepy. This is the best we have. If you really want to have a show of unity. Now, I don't know if you would want to take this risk because he might say no and embarrass you. But make, I don't know, give Donald Trump some sort of title. Like, John Kerry has that fake title. He's the climate envoy or whatever. Yeah. Make him the bleep buster envoy or something and send him to Europe. (laughs) Send him there. That would be hilarious. You know what? If Biden was the great uniter, he could do that. Oh, the left would hate him for it. It's never going to happen. You say one thing, you know, under Trump, they didn't attack. Maybe uh, he's got some sort of relationship here. We're, I mean, you're talking about every tool in the toolbox. That would certainly be one. Pull every lever. I mean, Joe over there representing. This is the, the United States of America, for God's sake. I understand. Well, but what you've done so far hasn't been working. The other thing is, man, the longer this goes on, the more it does start to hurt Europe substantially. Shutting down the big pipeline and whatnot, Germany is saying, hey, we can't hold out forever because this is going to lead to mass poverty in our country. Oh, yeah. So we're going to have to start playing ball with, with Russia fairly soon. And at the same time, with the sanctions on Russia, it's almost like the game of chicken. And you almost hate to say that with all the atrocities going on, but who is going to give first? I don't know. But, I mean, Germany, 
You could go on and on about that. They put themselves in a bad way. Yeah. Being that dependent on Russia. That's Merkel. Seriously. You get leaders from the United States talking about what a terrible job she did. That's a story for another day. What is the story? You mentioned this earlier, David. Georgia Tech students are protesting. Is yeah. it true they don't know why? They don't know why. The Daily Wire's Matt Walsh visited Georgia Tech to talk about why men don't belong in women's sports. He's at Georgia Tech because that's where the NCAA women's swim meet is. Yep. And a man who goes by Leah Thomas is competing against the women. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, of course, the students decided to show up to protest. One guy was holding, no joke, a whiteboard. <laughs> like he couldn't, he didn't have poster board available, so he just grabbed a whiteboard off, off his dorm room wall or something. And it just says, bleep Matt Walsh. Very clever. Uh, and so the host of the Rapid Fire podcast asked this guy and a young lady next to him, what is the number one thing Matt Walsh has said that made you carry that sign today? Tell me. Okay. Oh, God. I'd have to go back and look through his Twitter. I know I say shit all the time. Just give me one. I mean, we're holding the Matt Walsh sign. Just give me one one thing. I mean, I know that Matt Walsh has consistently said that, uh, you know, trans women are not real women. Trans men are not real men when it's proven by science that trans women are, in fact, women. <laughs> what science is that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you talking about? Jeez, oh my goodness. Trans men are in fact men. It doesn't have to do with your born sex. It is that you feel like you are a woman and that's okay. So we've got women, trans women aren't women. What about you? Trans What's, women are women. Well, that Matt Walsh has said that has made us hold this sign today. What about you? What does Matt oh Walsh God. say? Um, let's see. There's a lot of stuff about um, January 6th. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I get so confused with all these right wing. It's hard to keep track of who says what, but I know I've seen some stuff he said, and I know I wasn't a fan, so f*** it. And yeah, and I'm out of your virtue signaling today, because I'm part of the resistance <laughs> to that ideology. Wow. Okay. The one girl, I mean, for paying so much money to go to a university mm-hmm. like that, it doesn't seem fair, because she's clueless about the science. Someone could explain at least your own talking points. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be there's a difference between the biological sex and gender? Isn't that the talking point from the left on that? Well, she had a hard time keeping that together. They drown in the ideology because the ideology doesn't make any sense. No, it does not. That is true. (laughs) What are you protesting? I don't know. He said some stuff. What did he say? (laughs) I don't know. Some stuff. (laughs) And it ticked me off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm angry. Yes. And I was told there were going to be a lot of people out here, and we're going to fight the power. I'm not out here trying to be one of the cool kids. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay. Well, we don't have time for this Daryl Hall thing with Van Halen. <laughs> Dude, I don't even know why we're spending it. We haven't spent much time on this at all yet. We're going to get to the story a little bit later. Again, the word was Daryl Hall is saying he was asked to join Van Halen when David Lee Roth left. I'm not buying it. I think it was a total joke from Eddie Van Halen. But there's audio of Daryl Hall talking about this. we got to get to that. We apparently are still trying to take steps to lower gas prices. We'll get the latest from the White House on that. Um, and Megyn Kelly laid waste oh. to some celebrities um, who stoked the fires against that officer involved in Breonna Taylor's raid. That person was innocent, and he has a book out. We'll get to all of that coming up right here. 
right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, this war in Ukraine doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon. It's just awful all the way around. And a lot of people are talking about inflation, gas prices. What is the peak going to be? But be reassured, we're using every possible option we have right now to lower the prices. Is that what we're to believe, David? That's the word from White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. A lot of tools in the toolbox, man. Okay. Um, And she is out there, well, again today, talking about how I guess we're still using the same tools. Uh, Yeah. They say that all the time, but I don't know that we ever know exactly what the tools are. Is that fair to say? That that's fair to say. It seems like they should be out there with a full throated endorsement of a temporary suspension of the federal gas tax, which could help a lot. But they're not doing that. No, they're not doing that because roads and bridges and green energy and blah, 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 blah. Okay. We don't have I don't have a prediction from here in terms of what it could look like. There are outside predictors, of course. And obviously what we're trying to do is mitigate the impact. Um, you know, and you've seen, of course, um, you know, the, the price of oil go down a little bit. Um, and the president will continue to look at a range of steps that he can take, whether it is engaging uh, through his team or through even himself personally with uh, big global sub- producers, uh, or it is looking at a range of domestic options. Um, but we've seen it go up. I mean, we look at a lot of the same data you look at, AAA and other data, uh, that it shows us how much uh, it has gone up since the period of time when uh, Russian troops lined up on the border. Yeah. But in terms of how far, uh, we, you know, we still believe it will continue to go up. All right. What did you say, Robbins? He had to throw that in there. When the Russian troops gathered on the border, <laughs> that's when it happened. You're going to be sticking with that. I, I like how she's like, we're looking at a lot of the same materials you are, with like AAA.com, for example. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, good, you can read. What are you doing about it? I don't care that you can see right. what the numbers are. I don't care about that. What are you going to try to do about it? You know, David, it seems like on this Tuesday, you are in a Thursday frame of mind like you've had it. Well, I've had it with this dump. It, I understand. Just, hey, you, you mentioned Jen Psaki. She's out there again today, asked about gas prices. It's the same crap over and you over know, again. You know, given that, uh, that um, the price of gas has gone up by 75 cents, a dollar, uh, even more in some areas, uh, we're continuing to look at a range of options. And obviously, in, uh, ensuring that there is, or taking steps to ensure there's more supply in the market, because the oil market is a global market, uh, is a big priority and a focus oh for us. But gosh. we're looking at a range of domestic options, including all of the ones you mentioned. Just no decision has been made at this point. Explain the range of options. What's option A? What's option B? Put it on a spectrum. Put it on a chart. I don't care. What are you doing? See? Mm-hmm. And Camp is playing the role of Robbins today. Well, I mean, he's, I mean, I'm letting, I'm going to oh. let him roll here because he's part doing a great that, job. Part of that's because I drive an F-150, damn it. Yeah, I know. I know. It was all cool bragging about that truck. Those little people haven't had a new vehicle in a long time. And I got to tell you, that's a nice freak truck, too. Mm. I've been in that thing several times. Yeah, I love that truck. Yeah, over $100. Okay, uh, to fill up. By the way, okay, I want to get to this, too. Adam Kinzinger. 
before he made a complete fool of himself, I don't think a lot of people throughout the United States even knew who this guy the was. Venture, he's yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is. But January sixth, anti-Trump, he's sort of made a name for himself. He's not seeking re-election because he wouldn't win. We got district out. I mean, you know, he's he was going to lose. This was so. This was his chance to launch himself into the mainstream media. Yes. And become some sort of media darling yeah. because they can put a, re- a Republican on TV denouncing Donald Trump. Correct. And that's really what he wanted. This is all just a game. So it was Tucker Carlson, and he's said this several times. He would like to have Kinzinger on the show. Now, he's invited him a million times. Then I'd keep you on for the whole hour, you, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, you have an update to this story, David. What is it? Well, uh, he is so, uh, Kinzinger is so afraid of Tucker Carlson, he won't go on the show. So he puts out this overly dramatic video. This is the guy who cried during one of the January 6th committee hearings. You guys held. <laughs> yeah. Best days. So he put out this video on social media saying, I will not legitimize Tucker Carlson. No, okay. <laughs> Let's enjoy this. And there's no way I'll go on a show for a number of reasons. But first, let me state that his insistence that the West was provoking war with Putin, his spreading lies about biolabs, and his continued spewing of conspiracy theories are nothing but complete evil. Okay, hold on a second. The biolabs. Is he talking about what was just confirmed last week? Not talking about making bioweapons, but that we have facilities in Ukraine. Yeah. That's accurate. Am I missing something? Well, the State Department and the Pentagon have said, yeah, we're a little bit worried about what might be there and what might happen if Russia were to uh, take over those facilities. Yeah, so I'm not sure what he's talking about there. Okay, go ahead. His show is full of Russian propaganda and not news. And I will not validate his show by making an appearance. I do not want to be associated with it in any way. Okay. And we all know what would happen. And we all know what the goal is. We know the interview would be promoted to get more viewers, to make more money, to further empower his garbage. Okay. He's not interested in conversations. He- Listen, dude. You're okay. weak. You're so weak. Gosh. Say what you want about Tucker. I don't think Tucker needs you for ratings. No. Adam. Or money. No. For that He's matter. only interested in himself. And at the end of the day, he'll continue to use his platform to deceive his all-too-trusting viewers and to further his own sense of power. Okay. The situation in Ukraine yeah. is serious, and the outlook is dire. And this moment requires serious conversation and decisive action. Uh-huh. Not a self-serving showboat clamoring for more clicks tonight. Isn't this the guy that said, we absolutely should be going with the no-fly zone oh, to start yeah. World War III? Yes. That's that guy. Yes. Who's the clown? Now, who's trying to get clicks? Well... Jackass. He also wrapped up the video by asking people to go to his website. <laughs> the guy, I cut that out because I'm not advertising his website. I don't, I don't care what cause he says he's raising money for. I don't care. Yeah. Hey, he's Republican, such a he says. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Hey, can you tell the update on Bob Saget's autopsy results? What is the deal there? I hadn't oh, heard this update, David. Yeah, a judge has permanently sealed the auto or the yeah the medical examiner's report. Okay, so a judge in Why? Florida approved is that the request. just for the family. 
Yeah, they well, so this is a circuit judge who granted a permanent injunction sealing photos, videos, reports, other records connected with Bob Saget's death. Uh, the family, as we know, had requested that the records be sealed because of family privacy concerns. Mm-hmm. It's one of the oddest stories that I can remember. Do we yeah. even want to bring this up again? Well, I I get not wanting if there were photos from the scene. I understand yes. that completely. I do, too. And at yes. the end of the day, I understand the argument. It's none of our business. You know, he, he's a private citizen, whatever. You know, I, I understand. But at the same time, it is odd to say, no, we're not going to release some of the records to say exactly how he died because at first it was he bumped his head, then went to bed, and then, you know, People were looking at the preliminary report saying, geez, that kind of head trauma, that's more than just slipping and falling. That's That looks like he fell down a flight of stairs. Talking about it was multiple skull fractures, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does that happen when you just fall or bump your head on the headboard? Well, isn't that, the, I mean, that's why we're inquisitive about yes. it. Right. Yeah. Yes. Because it doesn't make any sense. Okay. All right. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say about that other than I think people will think what they want to think. And I'm choosing to try not to think about it at all. Just it's sad that he's gone, and now it's a terrible way to lose somebody, and I don't know what else to say. It does kind of make you think that something really nefarious was happening. Yeah. Yeah. What are you getting at? Both of you guys. I'm, what? I'm just saying maybe, maybe, maybe he had some company. Things got a little rough. But they said there was no, they didn't see anybody come through right, except the him. room. Yeah. Yes. They said. Oh. So there could be. Unless somebody else was already there. there. I'm thinking in terms of like Andrew Gillum, something like that. You know. Hmm. Oh, boy. Buddy. All right, I'm going to move but on I don't to know. the Megyn Kelly story. Um, Just real quick. If you remember the whole case with Breonna Taylor. Louisville. And she was killed when they had the, what was called the no-knock raid, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. They announced themselves in Louisville. Uh, The cop that was shot, Sergeant John Mattingly, has released a book now called 12 Seconds in the Dark, a police officer's firsthand account of the Breonna Taylor raid. Megyn Kelly interviews him. The interview takes, I think, over an hour. I listened to a good part of it. And the amount of lies that were spread about what actually happened and the way the media took that story and made it into their own narrative is disgusting. I mean, far, far worse than I had imagined. Yeah. And I and we read a lot about that story, trying to keep up with what was going on. Well, yeah. I mean, remember, the original narrative was she was sleeping in bed and the cops got the wrong house. Yeah, not true. They did not get the wrong place. No. No, and she was absolutely involved with drug activity. I mean, the thing that I wanted to bring up, Megyn Kelly, more than anything, went after a bunch of celebrities and other news people for the way they treated the story. As she brought up, you know, Oprah. Oh, yeah. Because Oprah had tweeted out, you know, this false narrative. Kamala Harris, George Clooney, Snoop Dogg. I mean, the list goes on and on. She said this whole thing was stoked by all these celebrities with tens of millions of dollars. 
and then asked the officer, I imagine you with your 21 years of service under your belt do not have tens of millions of dollars or your kids who are also getting death threats as all these extremely famous people stoked the fires against your family. They had to move six times. Golly. Yeah, they doxed him. And the guy didn't do anything wrong. He was just doing his job. He walked in and got shot. That I mean, that was it. But I'll bet you that legacy media pays absolutely no attention to that story. Well, no, because they want they want people to believe that cops are going around killing random black people for no reason. It's such a lie. My goodness. Oh, and real quick, mentioned this earlier. Daryl Hall, of Hall & Oates fame, yeah. saying, you know what? I was asked to join Van Halen when David Lee Roth left the band in 1985 because Eddie came to a show. This is him. He is doing an interview, and this is how he said it. Yeah. <laughs> I knew those guys really well. We actually shared some uh, crew and things like that. And uh, Eddie came to a show with Valerie. This just goes back. And David had just uh, just left the band. And Eddie, Eddie said, do you want to join Dan Halen, man? And I was like, he was half joking, but I think he was serious. I really do believe he was serious. I took it seriously. I went, nah, I think not. I think I got my own going on. Okay. BS detector. Where are you at, David? <laughs> I, I don't, I, I think it was more than half, jo- or more than half joking. I think it was probably, if that conversation ever happened, Oh, I think it happened. I think maybe Eddie was, you know, enjoying himself. It was 1985. He was yeah. hammered. Right. I'll just say it. I hate, yes. I hate to be smirch a guy who's dead, but, yeah, he was probably. I think he would say that. He was probably hammered out of his brain. Daryl Hall was backstage. They were yucking it up. He went, you know what, man? You should be in Van Halen. <laughs> so you should join the, you want to join the band? Right. You know, that yeah. sort of thing? Yes. But is he saying, oh, I think he was serious? I just cannot hear that. I was calling BS on that. I'm like, I mean, every he, he's going to go out there then and do some of the classics. He's going to do like running with the devil. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, and everybody knows Stevie Wonder's the guy who auditioned, right? You've heard? No, this, he right? didn't. He did. That is such a great mashup. Good call, David Van Camp. <laughs> also, Stevie Wonder's not blind. Anyway. Yes, he is. I'm, I'm not buying into that. You really think it's true? I think it is true, yeah. Stevie Wonder's yeah. not really blind. I wonder what Roth thinks. Oh, yes! Oh, there you go. All right. <laughs> News update straight ahead, right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update again, David Van Camp. (laughs) All right. I'm going to try to maintain my composure through this. But yet again, on the cost of energy and gas prices, uh, Jen Psaki was asked, hey, have you thought about restarting certain infrastructure projects like pipelines, et cetera, to try to get us into a position where 
because the world runs on petroleum right now, there's nothing you can do to change that. Nope. At this moment, it runs on oil. Wouldn't it be smart to get this stuff ramped up and rolling so that we don't have another situation like we're dealing with, whether it's the pandemic or Russia? Yes. Here is her response to that. In terms of the building of a pipeline, that does not sound like it's an immediate solve for what we're seeing right now is an increase of cost of the gas pump. And neither is everybody buying an electric vehicle. But that's what you idiots are pushing. Well, when you have the Democrat, Joe Manchin, saying, hey, we can do this. Let's get them rolling again to become energy independent, help in this crisis. I mean, I'm no expert in the field. I'm not talking about Keystone because, yeah, that takes longer. But as far as if you just said to the producers, get out there, we need gas. Go get it done. That in a short amount of time, we could produce pretty well. But they never address that question, it doesn't seem. How dare you? Oh, up. Golly, that is so frustrating. And if we're going to hear from Greta, can we hear the song? Because at least that's somewhat entertaining. How dare you? Yeah, thank you. You have stolen my dreams yes. and my childhood with your <laughs> empty words. How dare you? This is It's like the wrong. slow jam. How dare you? Thank you. I shouldn't be up here. I should be Enjoy that. Uh-huh. This is the Mark Van Camp and Robin Show. This tax filing season could be one for the record books. There are thousands of dollars worth of new tax credits on the table, and Jackson Hewitt will help make sure you get every one you deserve. Tax credits for being a parent, taking care of a parent, taking classes, and so much more. Don't leave thousands on the table. Jackson Hewitt will make sure you get credit for all you do and get your biggest refund guaranteed. Learn more and find your nearest location at jacksonhewitt.com. Innovation, resilience, agility. It's how Michigan businesses work together and continue to build the future. Our expertise, talented workforce, and collaborative environment are making a difference now and shaping the future. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org slash radio to put your plans in motion. That's michiganbusiness.org slash radio. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Thank you so much for being here. You know, I'm looking up at the monitor right now on Fox News. It's talking about the White House warning consequences, but won't give red lines. Yeah. Remember when Obama did that with Syria? Yeah, so they, they've learned one lesson. It seems to be so. And that was the question from Jackie Heinrich from Fox to Jen Psaki, um, talking about what we're seeing right now. As we've mentioned before, is this going to be a situation, the worse it gets, Will officials be wanting to send troops in? It doesn't appear to be so, but that's the question that's out there. And here's the way 
Jackie, set that up. We've seen maternity wards being bombed, uh, illegal weapons being used, pediatric hospitals being targeted. Um, President Obama drew the red line for Syria at chemical weapons. So is there any thought process about what we're willing to watch happen? Well, Jackie, I think it's important to reiterate as often as we can that what we're seeing is horrific, what we're seeing is barbaric, and the steps that the president has taken. Okay, hold on. We already know that. Okay, I, I know this is part of the game with the press secretary, but just repeating what we already know or what's been said doesn't do any good. It's like running out the clock constantly. Just answer the freaking question. That the president has taken and led the world in taking have essentially led the Russian financial system to be on the brink of collapse. Uh, we have provided more military assistance to the Ukrainian military and the Ukrainian government than any other country in the world and more historic assistance than any other year to Ukraine in history. And we're doing that so that we can support them in this difficult moment. So I would say that uh, at this moment in time, we have been hardly on the sidelines. We have been leading this effort around the world to respond to to every step and every escalatory step that President Putin and the Russians are taking. What was the question again? <laughs> Red line, chemical weapons, something like that. Yeah, what if they did that? Yeah. I don't think Jackie was done. Concerned that if we don't draw the line at something like chemical weapons, it'll make it easier for malign actors to use them in the future because they'll just go unpunished. Well, Jackie, I think that you heard the president say on Friday that there would be severe consequences and the world would respond if they were to use chemical weapons. And what we have been doing uh, over the course of the last several weeks, if not months, is providing as much information to the global community, to the media and to others about what to expect. And when you have President Putin okay. suggesting and Russian uh, Russian officials suggesting okay. that the United States and Ukrainians are the ones uh, who are working on a, a chemical weapons program, it's clear that this is a uh-huh. pattern that we have seen in the past of them trying to set up a predicate for their own action. Okay. That's about all we can take. Jeez. Go ahead. No, it's, it's, it gets so deepy, McGurkin-y <laughs> nonsense, left, right, straight backwards McGurkin jumbled words political speak that says just, nothing yeah just what what is going on here but i think that is the question and i don't think we should be sending troops in there i don't think that's going to happen oh do you think it will happen david boy it seems like they are doing everything they can to try to uh ramp up support for that kind of action and, didn't Joe tell us like eight times that wasn't yeah. going to happen? Yeah, I mean, you never take it off the table, and I have no problem with her saying or the president saying, "I'm not putting down red lines" because you don't want to box yourself in one way or the other. They already I have agree with that. They already have boxed themselves in by saying, "No, that's off the table completely." Um, exactly. And if there were a chemical attack on the part of the Russians, I don't think that should be a red line anyway. Because at the end of the day, you still have to ask the question, what is in our national interest in sending troops to Ukraine? It's one thing to send them rockets and bullets, but what is, at the end of the day, our interest in sending troops into Ukraine? And then it's that whole conversation of, you know, what is our job? How much do we put up with when it comes to atrocities? Yeah. Because it's that conversation that's gone on for a long time. Are we the world police? Yeah. And I, to me, everything short of a nuke is 
behind or on the other on 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 the right side of the red line. Once you start dropping nukes, that's a different thing oh, altogether. Oh my gosh! Yeah, but is that where you're at, Scott? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, the nuke thing is frightening to me. So you don't want to provoke a nuke. That you want to stay away from that. You wouldn't send troops in there. No, but if one is used against well, us, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that well, changes everything. I'm saying if one is used against Ukraine, then it's on. Now, I, well, it, I would I would agree with you. Then, too, then it's time yeah. to yeah. test the theory of mutually that. mutually assured self destruction. Yes. Crazy. Did anybody think we'd be here a year ago? No. Man, oh man. I mean, we've lived a lot of life within the last 14, 18 months, 24 months. Yeah, it was just about I mean, two years ago right it, now is when yeah. the big COVID stuff was ramping up. I mean, it's been hell, man. It's been something. Speaking of which, I don't know, and this to me is a story that transcends sports when it comes to COVID. Because this crazy New York City law, basically, that if you're an employee, you need to be vaccinated. Now, if you're just a citizen coming to... You know, an event, whether it's Madison Square Garden or the Barclays Center. Yeah, whatever. You're fine. You don't have to be vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And NBA All-Star Kyrie Irving, who plays for the Brooklyn Nets, as you know, not vaccinated. So he can go watch the game, but he can't play in the game. It's insanity. And so he was at the game and then went into the locker room and was fined $50,000. By the NBA or by the city? The NBA. Holy smokes. Yes. Yep. The Nets organization. Not Kyrie in particular, but the organization fined $50,000. How crazy is this? It doesn't make any sense. And so afterward, Kevin Durant, who also plays for Brooklyn, I used to be a big KD fan. Kind of let me down over time. you got a pair of KDs I think you wear. I've had a few pair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, but it, he came out and said, it's ridiculous. I don't understand it at all. There's a few people in our arena that's unvaxxed, right? I'll just say exactly what he said. They lifted all of that in our arena, right? So I don't get it. I don't get it. It just feels like at this point now, somebody's trying to make a statement or a point to flex their authority. But everybody out here is looking for attention, and that's what I feel like the mayor wants right now is some attention. But he'll figure it out soon. He better. And then he just kept going. But it doesn't make any sense. It sounded like a rant on this show, basically. I I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. There's unvaxxed people in the building. Mm -hmm. We got a guy who can come in the building. I guess, are they fearing our safety? I don't get it. We're all confused. Pretty much everybody in the world is confused at this point. Early on in the season, people didn't understand what was going on, but now it just looks stupid. So hopefully, Eric, and that's the mayor of New York, you get to figure this out. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. The power grab from so many people and just putting forth rules that just never made any sense and certainly don't make sense now. Can't figure it out. Why not? Uh, Go ahead. Why not refuse to play? You mean the entire team? Yeah. You could. We're not going to do this. Oh, my gosh. That would send. That that would state. change things very, very quickly. Yes, it would. They're one of the team's favorite to come out of the East. 
We're just not going to play. We stand with Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but when they start missing paychecks. A lot of these guys can afford it. Some can, some can't. This isn't like the NFL, man. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's interesting, David. I hadn't heard anyone bring that up. But that... Well, the I trickle-down mean, effect of that would be immense because... Talking about parking, vendors, well, I mean, everything. And I've made this point before, too. If <laughs> if the media was on the other side of this, and this was Kyrie, we'd be talking about it. they're trying to keep this proud black man oh, yeah. who wants authority over his own body. Can you imagine the take from the media? They're trying to tell this man what he can do with his body. But because he was the one that didn't want to be vaccinated, mm-hmm. they have ignored this. Well, Trevor Where's Noah. Woke Center on this. Yeah, Trevor Noah from the Daily Show actually said something to that effect. Did he? Was that none of this makes sense that you can go into the arena, right? But you can't play for the team. It doesn't make any sense. So I, I think, look, if you're if you're willing to walk off the court when George Floyd got killed, oh, buddy, Good why point. not? Why not stand up for your own your own personal rights? Absolutely, makes sense to me. David, I want to give a tip of the cap to one of your heroes, a hero to many people across mm-hmm. the country. And maybe you saw this story. Dolly Parton has withdrawn her name from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominations. She's a saint. You know, there is there are some people like her that are so famous that every decision they make seems to be the right one all the time. Wow. All the time. It doesn't matter what it is. That is quite a statement coming from Robin. Well, I mean, wow, the, that's every, high accolade. But everybody in that world screws up, you know, like sure. every other part of your world. But every every public decision she's made seems to be always the right one. She posted this on social media. Dolly here, even though I'm extremely flattered and grateful to be nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I don't feel that I have earned that right. I really do not want votes to be split because of me. So I must respectfully bow out. I do hope the hall will understand and be willing to consider me again if I'm ever worthy. This has inspired me to put out a hopefully great rock and roll album at some point in the future, which I've always wanted to do. Wow. Yeah. Can you imagine how cool the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame would be if all of the artists that don't deserve to be there would have said the same thing? That would have been great. They aren't not going to do that, though. Yeah, she's, no. a, she's a country artist, you know, and she says I'm not a rock and roll artist. Yes. Not going to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's great. Dolly you know, Parton it's for pop people and hip-hop and everything else. That's what... She's had top 40 hits. Yeah, I mean, you know. She's a lot more deserving than many that are in there. There's no doubt about that. But, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Good she's, for Dolly. Yeah, just, again, another decision that was right. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, so the Justice Department has admitted it violated a Capitol riot defendant's constitutional rights. Really? You will get to that and much more coming up right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David, the Justice Department admitted 
What exactly? Oh, that they violated the constitutional rights of one of the Capitol rioters. Wow. You know, we, we've, we've talked about this before, that many of the people who were arrested, including the infamous QAnon shaman, were held in things like solitary, uh, solitary confinement. They were held for a long time without a trial, and in some cases held for a long time without even being charged formally. Well, That's now, crazy. Now this just- was an all-out attempted coup. <laughs> That's still funny. Jeez. So in a court filing, prosecutors now have admitted that because of unintentional errors, they oh, violated please. Lucas Denny's speedy trial rights, leaving him waiting in a jail since his arrest in December. That's so a lawsuit. There's a filing in this case that, well, the prosecutors say, no evidence of bad faith, <laughs> a pattern of neglect or something more than an isolated incident that resulted from a number of unfortunate factors. Whoopsie-daisy. Uh, they're accusing him of assaulting a police officer during the Capitol riot. Uh, but they kept him in jail and did not indict him within 30 days. But no one followed up, and they kept him in jail well past that 30-day mark. So the judge has said, all right, well, we're releasing him. Prosecutors still want to go after him. They're going to wow. try to refile charges against him. Unbelievable. Yeah. So I, uh, no harm met on our part. So there shouldn't be any lawsuits there. No. Mon. I mean, it's like Kim Potter. She didn't mean to shoot that guy. She meant the taser, but see, she didn't have to go. Oh, wait a second. Yes, she did have to go to jail. That's right. Mistakes have consequences. Well, did you see the guy that was out on uh, parole, by the way, that pushed the woman down the stairs in New York? I did see that. Yeah. Just awful. Yeah. He's should have been, he should have been in jail still. Yes. But no. By the way, the Kim Potter thing with Dante Wright, that old case. Oh, yeah. Um. Well, they were going to take down, there's a Dante Wright Memorial in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. Uh-huh. Okay, because of course there is. And they were going to take it down. I mean, how long is it going to stand? The family is saying, no, please don't do that. Um, Mom said, leave the memorial because it's honestly not hurting anybody, but it will hurt a lot of people taking it down. It will? How? Uh, she doesn't say. Hmm. By the way, this story was from USA Today. Listen to how this reads. If you want to call BS at any time, feel free. Dante Wright was killed on April 11th after Brooklyn Center officers pulled over the 20-year-old black man for having expired license tags and an air freshener hanging from his rearview mirror, violations that civil rights activists say are used as a pretext to stop black motorists. Kim Potter, the white former police officer who said she confused her handgun for her taser when she fatally shot right was sentenced last month to two years in prison. He also had a warrant out for his arrest. I was just going to say, wasn't that part of the story? I mean, that's why, of course, if, if it was the, uh, you know, I, I am so sick of the idea that it's, again, African-Americans have this monopoly on BS reasons to get pulled over. I can't tell you when I was going to college in Denton, how many times I got pulled over because like the, the lights on my, uh, on my uh, license plate weren't bright enough. That's what yeah. I was told. Oh, yeah, you need to change those bulbs. I did change those bulbs, you know, of course. I can tell you why you were pulled over. You oh, probably already know. Long-haired, pot-smoking hippie. You look like a drug dealer. Yep. When you were in college. 
Well, his car looked like Cheech and Chong movie. It just rolled and smoked. <laughs> when, it, when in fact, I was actually going to my drug dealer <laughs> at the time. Are you saying every black person pulled over looked like a drug dealer? Well, no. no. But, uh, no. but I'm just, just saying. Just stop already. You can, you can already hear the yeah. lame takes coming your way, can't you? Anyway, go ahead, David. Uh, no, I'm just saying that it, it's, it's not like, oh, he was only pulled over because he was black. That, that's no. such BS. Well, and they know instantly, oh, my gosh, this guy is wanted for A, B, and C. And, I, you know, if you remember, Dante wasn't the nicest to ladies. So I've heard. But it's unbelievable the way some of these stories are trying to be made historically. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Coming up in a few. Yep. Well, something that we haven't had a chance to even get to yet. Um I'll just make this quick. Do you know how many people are locked down in China right now because of COVID? I, I read today it was like record amount. 51 and a half million. Yeah. That it's, it's out of control there. It's off the chain. The cities of Jilin, Shenzhen, and Dongguan. Dongguan, too? Yeah, that has 10 the million hell people. Hell, you say? Yeah, okay. Dongguan. There's 10 million people locked down there. That's the first time Dongguan has been like that, I think. There's, to my knowledge. Yeah. Do you say Dongguan it? Dongguan it? People don't want to be locked down in Dongguan. No. That's what I would say. Why do you say that? Because it's freaking funny. All right. You ready for your top three of of the day? Yes. Scott Robbins, the trifecta, next here. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. Talked about this a few times. It was odd that President Biden early on took troops off the table when dealing with Russia invading Ukraine. We're not sending troops in there. Could have known that all along and just never said it. It's what a lot of people have said. Don't take it off the table. Right. So Jen Psaki was asked about that. Why Biden didn't let Putin think the U.S. might attack Russia over Ukraine. Here's Psaki. Uh, You know, James, I would say that when we put in place the threat of sanctions and the threat of consequences, uh, we never thought that that would be uh, fail-proof or that would be 100% effective. I'll stop there because it looks like someone just slapped Van Camp across the face. You actually shook your head. No. That's not what they said. All right. They literally said these are designed to stop Putin from invading Ukraine. Correct. That's and right. Jen Psaki said it. Uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said it. Kamala Harris said it. Yeah. Joe Biden said it. Mm-hmm. But they knew. We just said something different to you. They lie a lot, right. I guess. They do, they do okay. lie a lot. Right. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. We did that because we wanted to lay out the clear consequences should President Putin proceed in invading Ukraine, even as we predicted. Okay, so you wanted to be clear to Putin, but not the American people. Is that what you're saying? 
I think it is. Quite consistently that that was very much his intention. And what we have done since that point in time is implement those sanctions and implement those consequences far beyond what I think most people's expectations were in the world about what those would look like. See, we exceeded expectations. If you had enough or you want more. Uh, yeah, a little bit more. Yeah, let's, oh, okay. let's go. I don't think it's. I, I don't think I can look in a rearview mirror. Any of us can and predict what would have been different. What we did is we took steps to rally the world, uh, to stand up to the aggressions of President Putin, and we have implemented them and followed up on what we committed to since that point in time. Yeah. When Van Camp <laughs> goes with the move of fingers up under the glasses, and then the glasses get. And above onto the forehead and then rubbing the yeah, eyes. Poor guy. He's not playing that no, for real. He's not. Yeah. Sorry, man. I didn't need to play that. I just thought that was newsworthy mm-hmm. yeah. of covering on the show. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like Golly. I should apologize for sending people over the Get edge. these model UN dorks out of my government we got a long ways to go. We're going to get over this, and we're going to get through this. Yes, we are. Okay? Yes, we, we are. are. Together, right? No. Okay, separately, but we're going to I get told you, I used to say together. You did that was the at the time. beginning. That was, was two very, years ago. very hopeful when you said it. But yes. then it was clear, at least to me, that there are too many morons in the country that we yeah. can't do it together. Yeah, we're not so going together. So we're going to have to leave one. the no, morons right, exactly. behind. Yep. Sorry. We have no other choice. Sorry. Can't go down with everybody. We're going to be okay in the end. Can't help you. You ready for your top three stories? Let's roll, today, baby. All Let's right. roll. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, top three. Do it every day at this time. Always helped by Scott's hero in top 40 and in life. I'm Casey Kasem. I think he's ready to go. Get your pencils ready. Of course, yes. Three. Uh, number three, Scott, uh, New York Congresswoman is fighting a ban on chocolate milk. Chocolate milk. The uh, Yes. Yes. What's wrong with chocolate milk? Well, the Mayor Adams doesn't like chocolate milk being served in schools. He wants to ban it, as a matter of fact. You know, he's vegan, and he's got some sort oh. of pre-diabetic condition. So okay. he wants to ban the chocolate milk from the schools, and I'm going to tell you, they're going to have none of it. Miss Stefanik is all over it, all over it, so she's proposed a bill now. She's uh, The legislation would require all schools to offer chocolate milk <laughs> okay. after hearing that the mayor of New York wants to ban it. What? Her protecting, <laughs> this, I'm not making this up, okay, her Protecting okay. School Milk Choices Act of 2022... Yes, <laughs> says school officials, quote, shall offer students flavored and unflavored milk and also may offer students lactose-free milk as well. Mayor Adams fails to understand the delicious flavored milk is how many of our children get the essential nutrients in dairy for their development and for taking that option away from millions of children is not the answer. <laughs> I that, that's at least Stefanik, right? Yeah. Yes. I um, all due respect. The answer to fighting silliness isn't more silliness. I, I think the ban on chocolate milk is really stupid. But David, she has to go back to her constituents. Requiring with a tear chocolate in her milk. Say your child on. will not have chocolate milk. <laughs> but she's in the, she's she's in the House of Representatives, though. 
Yes. So is this a is this a national law? That yes. Schools would have yes. To Uber? They want to make this. They, <laughs> oh they want to. Okay, that's. I'm sorry. That's that's yeah. dumb. I mean, all hell is breaking loose everywhere. But you know, the kids are going to enjoy chocolate milk while watching mushroom clouds outside the window. <laughs> Man. I think a lot of people in New York thought oh, we're doing way better than de Blasio, and I'm sure that's probably true. But this guy, I mean, toddlers understand <laughs> that they must wear masks. He's that guy. The media is racist. Yes, that's not let non-citizens vote. Right. And I need to get people to stop eating meat. <laughs> Remember that? Yes. Do we have the audio of that? Was that when he went off about vegan stuff? I eat a plant-based yes. centered life. Some people want to call me vegan. Vegans eat Oreos and they drink Coca-Cola. I don't. Okay. I eat a plant-based centered life. And those who are the food police for me, uh, they oh, yeah. can food police all the time. I eat a plant-based centered life. Yeah, then we try to make sense of it. And that. why shouldn't the children suffer right along with you? <laughs> 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 now, on with the countdown. Oh, thank you. Two. Uh, sad news today out of Ukraine. Fox News cameraman uh, Pierre uh, Zakshevsky was killed in Ukraine. And, well, apparently CNN and the New Yorker's Susan Glasser is a bad person and decided she couldn't help herself but attack Fox News Horrible. in light of this tragic news. Are you serious? You know, the weird thing is when I heard about this, I thought, who's going to be the first, right? Because these people are evil. They're sick people. Susan quotes, uh, tweets out, what a tragedy. A cameraman died covering the war for a TV network that airs pro-Putin propagandists as their top-rated primetime hosts. Oh, my She's goodness. unbelievable. I mean, the inherent evil in a statement like that is remarkable. She couldn't even wait for the body to be cold before she jumped on board with that tweet. And Wow. I mean, if you're ever thinking about being like Susan, don't. Okay, just don't. So it's the same old tactic of you really don't have an argument. So you just say someone is pro-Putin. You're carrying on Putin talking points, Russian disinformation. You're awful. Next. And this guy died, and so what? Wow. I mean, yeah, that's a bad person. It's a very bad person. I don't know what else. To you know, say it's that. funny. For the people that say you're hateful, are the mo- are the most hateful people on the planet. Oftentimes, it's true. Because this just means I don't agree with you. This is the Scott Robbins trifecta yeah. top three stories of the day. Yeah. And want another one? Well, yes. yes, I think. And finally, one. Uh, you've got <laughs> someone with a what I what I understand is a hilarious impression of Vice President Fortune Cookie Kamala Harris. This is someone, and this was sent to me with, I don't know, about eight or nine people sent this to me today. When I got up this morning, I checked, and it was everywhere. Uh, Rocket City Mindy is her name. Okay. And Rocket Sydney Mindy is trending all over the place right now for her impersonation of Kamala Harris. Here we go. I want to know why I was late for work today. <laughs> okay, well, the reason why I was late for work today Okay, is because when I got in my car, okay, it wouldn't start. And if your car won't start, you can't drive your car, okay? (laughs) Yeah, I would like to purchase this. 
purchase. That means to buy something. When you purchase something, you are buying it. <laughs> you want to know where I live. <laughs> okay. Well, I live in a country, okay? And inside that country is a state. And inside that state is a town and inside that town is my house that is where i live okay <laughs> okay you want to know go. why there was... you go that's pretty good man. that's rocket city mindy i thought that was really good yeah and, I, uh, I think it's pretty good the the problem is kind of like when people would try to do impressions of donald trump the source material is already so good that it's hard to, like, because Trump, I mean, I wish he was still president, but, I mean, he was an outrageous figure. I mean, he was entertaining in addition to being effective as a leader. But it was really hard to parody him because you can't up the stakes with a guy who's already at 11 all the time. And the cringe meter with Kamala Harris is always at 11. It's always redlining. So That's it's hard. True. it's hard to mimic that. When she already is a parody of a bad politician. The way she would explain. Yeah. <laughs> over explain something that doesn't need explaining. Right. Or just run it in circles. It's, we all yeah. watched. Okay, here we go. The television coverage of just yesterday. That's on top of everything else that we know and don't know yet. <laughs> based on what we've just been able to see. And because we've seen it or not doesn't mean it hasn't happened. Right. But just limited to what we have seen. Uh-huh. Absolutely there should be an investigation. And we should all be watching. And I have no question the eyes of the world are on <laughs> this war. <laughs> and what Russia has done in terms of this aggression and these atrocities. I have no doubt. Oh, How do you parody yeah. that? That's, that's almost impossible. Well, yeah, because it is it is a cartoon character to start with. Yes, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, it's still the best. I mean, in, in in some ways, the worst is when the question was directed to her when she's standing next to the president from Poland right. about Ukrainian refugees. And OK, <laughs> she doesn't know what to do. And it's that a friend in need is a friend. indeed. <laughs> that's getting played all over the world. I saw okay. Australian okay. TV okay. take that apart, for crying out loud. They're like, this this country, how can it be serious with these people out front? Oh, my gosh. I know. Jeez. One of those things. Well, nice countdown as always. Appreciate that. Got Nimrods in the news to get to and a news update next. Thank you. Goodbye. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, the Senate has passed a bill to make daylight saving time permanent. Okay. So we'll see if there is any traction on that. I would just remind people that the U.S. did this, what was it, 40, 50 years ago? People hated it. Yeah, a lot of people were complaining about kids going to school in the dark. Yeah. Right. Then... 
it got reinstated. So yes. just you've been warned. One of the reasons why I love, though, looking at news on Twitter is the responses. And I know that's where, like, all good things go to die. But sometimes <laughs> you get something that's pretty entertaining. Sure. Somebody asks, so no more fall back or no more spring forward? What, what You know, just trying to get the, the nuts and bolts of this. The response from a person who goes by the name Dolphin Striker. <laughs> <laughs> responds we get to decide for ourselves so it's going to be the fallbacks versus the spring forwards locked in mortal combat (laughs) from dolphin striker (laughs) yes now if you're new to the show you wouldn't know this but scott robbins fulfilled something on the bucket list last november Involving dolphins, yes. You were able to hug a dolphin. I was. Because that was something that you had wanted to do. After your heart attacks, you came out of the hospital, and we were asking, what's on the bucket list now? And the first thing you said was, I'd like to hug a dolphin. Well, that David Van Camp made that happen for me. He did. It was incredible. So do you go by dolphin hugger? No, dolphin head. Oh, got it. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> I wondered if it was something in the mind. Formerly dolphin what? squeezer. That <laughs> 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 just got it. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to Nimrod's now. <laughs> when the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. Why do you have to make it weird? Nimrod's in the news. Well, today we start in David's hometown, Houston. Okay. So, obviously, gas prices are crazy, right? People are starting to steal gas, siphon from Saw that. people's yeah. gas tanks. Well, these thieves in Houston decided to siphon gas from a gas station. Not messing around with the pump. They stole the gas from under the station. They drove up in a green minivan, stopped over the caps to the underground tanks, opened a trap door in the floor of the vehicle, broke into the tank, put a hose down, and siphoned the gas out. They did this three separate times last week. Wow. Tried to do it a fourth time, but they were chased off by the owner. He's saying they've stolen over a thousand gallons of diesel, which has cost them over five grand. They're still on the run. And this is wild to me. I mean, how many green vans are there like this? They've made it, you know, look like some sort of soccer mom ride, but they've just cut the hole and they're ready to take gas wherever they can. Wow. So they're on the lookout right now. Jeez. Um, there's a dude in Florida, man, this is more than the trifecta. This is the quad caught with cocaine, heroin, ecstasy, and meth. How'd he get caught? He made an illegal U-turn in front of a cop. Oh, geez. Had to be wasted, right? Yeah, just, if you're carrying, yeah. like, right. <laughs> the devil's Walgreens in your car. <laughs> <laughs> the devil's Walgreens. <laughs> then, then. Follow the rules of the road, yeah, man. Stop at the stops. Make sure the taillights work, headlights work, license plate light works. We had a divorced mom decided, you know what? I'm desperate enough. I'll try Tinder. Tries it for the first time. Uh, no. Date showed up to her house in SpongeBob PJs and giant wolf paw slippers. She's done with Tinder. Oh, buddy. <laughs> I didn't oh, realize man. Beto O'Rourke was on the market. <laughs> and that's Nimrod's of the news.